Hello, everyone. Welcome to the regular exclusive podcast, the podcast for normal people that have an abnormal obsession with movies. As always, I am Jace, and with me is Renee. Renee, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm I've got a vacation coming up in a couple weeks, so I'm getting pretty excited. Vacay. Yeah, I just uh, I booked my dogs at the boarding place, and I I have them staying at the PetSmart Pet Hotel, and oh. it was like this a really extensive check-in process over the phone and it was all these questions and they have their own room and they get a kong with like pumpkin or peanut butter filling like every other day and i was like and then like a calming spray so that they relax i'm like wow this sounds almost better than wherever i'm staying <laughs> like they're really true and it was that that was just the standard like i didn't nolan was asking me afterwards like did you pay extra for all that <laughs> And I was like, uh, no, I love, I would, but like, so it's a valid question, but anyways, yeah, we're just getting, Uh, I'm I'm getting excited. Let's all see you soon. There you go. Yeah. And PetSmart leaning into the pet wellness. I like it. Yeah. Shout out PetSmart and Pets Hotel. Sponsor. Uh, (laughs) this has been a pretty wild week. Um, cause I mean, who knows what order we're releasing these episodes in. But uh, this was the first week that we're recording after going live. Mm-hmm. And yeah. big shout out to everyone who's, who's listened, everyone who's given feedback. We're glad that you guys are liking it. You're being entertained by our insanity that we talk about. And uh, I mean, special shout out to to our partners Nolan and Sarah for listening to all the raw cuts of our audio that are like twice as long. (laughs) Yeah. And my sister Kirsten for doing that too. A lot of people. Andy Sharp, Ann Sharp. It's like an Oscar speech. I'm sorry. I'm going to shut up. (laughs) Play me off. (laughs) Shout out to, uh, to Bethany for being our first downloaded listener. Yeah. Bethany. She was like on it. We posted it. And she just creepy. did it immediately. She called me <laughs> that kidding. called me that night to give me some feedback, and I'm like, "Sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm watching The Bachelorette." Uh, <laughs> Case that is a pretty. Do you want to cut that out? <laughs> I'm kidding. I love that you watch it. I'm ready to do a whole spinoff podcast on The I Bachelorette. I really am not. Please don't make me do that. <laughs> I I went through a phase, and I'll easily get back into it because I'm not strong enough to withhold. But I don't <laughs> I don't have time for that anymore. I'm watching stuff that actually is good for me. Okay, I can't be that. To- that's like a toxic trait for me. I can't get in there. Oh, I I, I lean into it, and it really yeah. helps with. I don't know, but I'm gonna say it helps. Um, <laughs> speaking of dating shows, um, so I've watched some pretty interesting stuff this week. Sounds like the, a lot of dating shows. <laughs> no, it was one. I wrapped up a dating show. It was. It's an Amazon show called The One That Got Away. Oh God, I see that advertised all the time. It, it's pretty good. It has a real solid middle. The, the end is kind of slow, but it's scripted. No, it's it's reality. It's a okay, so you're talking about it like it's a scripted show. Like the middle is not that great, but they really finished up the ending. With the plot, the, it all no, wrapped the, up. No, the middle was great. It had a lot of drama. The ending, yeah, they always do. The ending, you kind of know what the ending is, but yeah, the whole premise of the show, I like the idea. They take these people, put them in a house, and then they bring people from their past to see if they missed the one that got away. The weird thing that that I can't figure out, though, is is how they 
found these people from their past. Like, I understand maybe they told them some people, but like, there's some really obscure people they bring in from their past. And I'm like, this crew must have the most like hardcore, like private investigative team ever for some of these contestants. Cause it's just like, this is a guy that I met once at a work <laughs> conference. And it's like, what? How? Yeah. Like, how do you find that guy? Then I, a part of me thought was like, this is an Amazon show. Is this whole thing powered by Amazon's information they have on us? Do they just they do? They have everything already. The, the war is already lost, guys. <laughs> That's how I feel with all this shit. Like bots online, anything like anything smart. Like I just got a Roomba. I'm like, this thing's already like it's saying enough to kill me. <laughs> It knows. It's figuring out things. It's learning my behavior. That's why I named it Cujo. Uh, <laughs> great name. That's not going to come back to haunt you. And I'm like, Cujo, can you please clean? <laughs> <laughs> and it's great because he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I did watch um, two other things that I really love. Oh, yeah? They're both Netflix things. Uh, first one is, uh, it's kind of an old show now, but it's called The Fix. It's it's a comedy show. It's great. It's hosted by Jimmy Carr, who's just a wild comedian. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know him. The British guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says really dark things. <laughs> uh, All of those guys who are foreign are always like, like the Australians, the Brits. Those guys are always saying like the hardest shit because they got the best accents. We don't care. And I don't mean like foreign, but I just mean like, <laughs> yeah. as in like they all have that sit suit, like either British or Australian. We can cut that part. <laughs> but I will say that like anyone from Australia, United Kingdom, they always go dark. Ricky Gervais, I'm thinking also Jim Jeffries. Yeah. They just don't give a fuck. And I love it because it's like, I will let them say anything with that accent. I don't care. <laughs> I love it. Right? I'm I'm not. I'm not cutting anything. You. Ha if I, I was you offensive. On, I have you on recording. The foreigners say this. I don't want that <laughs> out there. The foreigners was wrong, and I realized it right as I said it. But I would like to have that corrected so that it says I feel like everybody who has a British accent or an Australian accent, they're always dark. <laughs> it's like they just don't give a shit. Okay. I'll, I'll see if I can edit that. Um, Please, God, if not, I'll record another one. Just don't <laughs> let it come out. I don't want people thinking I'm all about Trump because if foreigners has a really charged word and I didn't mean it. <laughs> Are but you going to leave all of this in? <laughs> maybe. I'm like you're just begging for my life. You're over just here giving, giving you. me content. You know, I don't, you, we, you could just stop. <laughs> I can't just stop. You know that. I'll save you. I'll save you. Uh, the. The fix is great because, yeah, it's hosted by Jimmy Carr, but then they just have all these other comedians that come on every episode and they have a topic like AI or the gender pay gap or gentrification, like problems that need to be solved. But then they just make jokes about it. <laughs> and it's it's hilarious. It's just comedians making each other laugh which is like the funniest thing to me. That's like why I always will, like if I'm in a bad mood, I, I watch outtakes from The Office. Yeah. Because like one in particular where Michael's like yelling at Stanley and he's like, well, why don't you just leave if you're not going to be helpful? And he's like, he's like, have a cookie or something. He's like, why do you always think I have diabetes? <laughs> something. And then he like gets up and he's like, and he's like, see, just from the noise that you made when you stood up and then they all just bust out <laughs> laughing. It's <laughs> so good. Like why do I always assume I have diabetes? I was th I always think of Zach okay. Zach Lowe making uh, Dwight and Jim laugh. He's like, "I'm taking karate online." 
so good. Um, but the the other thing that I watched is really good. It's um it's a documentary series, and it's uh, it's called um, How to Change Your Mind. It's from this um, author named Michael uh, Pol- Polin, I, I think, and he did another show similar to this that I loved. It's called Cooked. So you should watch both of them is what I'm saying. But I don't like cooking shows. Do you like cooking shows like Top Chef? or Do you like those? Like I'm never putting them on on my own. But like I used to I used to like them a lot more. Like I would watch them all the time, like in the mornings, especially on the weekends. I would always like turn them on because it was like, oh, I'm getting hungry. What do I want to make for breakfast? And they <laughs> always were for breakfast like first thing. And like Nolan loves like Master Chef and all that stuff. So we would watch that like a lot and it's just like once you start, you just get sucked in. And I love it because I'm like always judging so harshly <laughs> when I'm like, I would not last on any of these timed shows, especially when I cook. It's like it, I take extra long. I'm like this is supposed to take me 30 minutes, yeah. took me like an hour and a half. <laughs> I can't chop vegetables that fast. Like What the fuck? I don't like competitive cooking shows. I just, I just I don't I don't really find them interesting. I don't get into the competitiveness of it. So this show cooked, I was really skeptical of watching it, cooking shows, but I loved it. And it's because it's a four episode limited series where they talk about the impact of cooking on the world. So like each episode is a different element. It's fire, water, air, and earth. And that translates to some form of cooking, but it's like how these things progressed humanity. And it's super interesting and fascinating. He now is doing this other show called um, How to Change Your Mind. And it's about hallucinogenic drugs. Microdosing and shit? Yeah, like all of it. Fascinating stuff. I'm like, I need to start doing that. (laughs) (laughs) How like shrooms and ecstasy and all this stuff was like being studied in the 50s for like medical use and how it helps people with like trauma and PTSD and mental illness. Like it has all of these beneficial effects. And then the war on drugs just kind of like stopped all studying for 30 years. And now it's starting to come back. And so like, it's really interesting hearing about this stuff that like my whole life I've heard as like, it will destroy your brain and all these things. And then like, learning like these things are actually not toxic at all. This has all been propaganda. Hearing scientists talk about it, seeing videos of like the the clinical testing and like the impact of is like, holy cow, what? This is wild. You know, like Yeah. I'm someone who is like I grew up, you know, you know, hearing all that stuff. And then like, you know, you were actually my my person who who uh Showed showed me weed for the first time uh, I'm because weed shepherd. you're you're my weed shepherd. You know I'm because your Gandalf, I, if you want, just, yeah, just like, call me Gandalf. You wish, but like I, I am the Gandalf for your weed world. <laughs> am I not? But like I had a I had a medical condition and nothing was helping. And then my mom saw this thing on marijuana and it being impactful in this certain thing and we tried it and it's the only thing that helped me so like watching this stuff i'm just like this is fascinating it's super cool i love all that stuff i like looked into that a long time ago because i like i think everybody's like familiar with all the anti-drug rhetoric and it's like oh well like like weed is still classified as so like bad and it's like i like pretty much microdose with weed all the time because 
it helps my anxiety so much more than like, I mean, anxiety medication definitely helps. And like, I do that. It's like, it helps expand mm-hmm. your mind in an interesting way. Yeah, I think it's all like, you know, again, in moderation or in small doses, it's pretty actually beneficial. And it's yeah, there's one line in the most recent episode that I watched that was just like, that is a that's a powerful line It's when we grew up during like the dare program there are good drugs and there are bad drugs and in that time the bad drugs made people have a a trip and the quote-unquote good drugs were the start of an opioid epidemic i was like whoa literally though it's like insane like some of the worst stuff for you is stuff that you can like get from a pharmacy which is ridiculous that's why i'm always like i mean i've done i've done drugs for sure and i'm like very pro weed like I know. I was I've been a drug shepherd to many people. I actually like I've I I was going to say like if we if we ever get sponsors like any weed like weed maps, what's up Leafly? Any of you guys, I love your services. We're here. We're here for sponsors. Send us your goods. We'll shout out. It. Shout out to Leafly. Shout out to all weed products. You're great. Well, on a on a different note, what have you been watching yeah. this week? <laughs> Let's talk about drugs more. This is fun. Let's do some drugs. Um, okay, so I've watched some fun stuff this week. Well, sorry, excuse me. Fun stuff is some of it wasn't fun. I, uh, you know, I know it was a couple of weeks since our Shark Week episode, but I, you know, like I said to you guys, it's like a year-round thing for me. So I do have some of those movies that I watched this week because we had either talked about them or like they had just they just now came out. So I was super excited for the Reef Two stalked is what it's called. Oh, yeah, and you I, were excited I for that. I tempered my expectations. I, so the same director made, I told you he made a crocodile movie called Blackwater. It's also like The Reef, very excellent. But then he made a sequel to that. That's like Blackwater Abyss in a cave. Wow. It's a fucking pattern with these movies. This one was just ups- like upsetting how bad it was. It was like... Was it just another hour and a half of people swimming? No. They, there was, I will give it that, like you might enjoy it more because there was a lot more action, but they were in kayaks this time on the ocean, which is just stupid. I mean, that's the dumbest thing I could ever think of to be in a fucking kayak. And they kept going. They literally get to an Island and a kid had gotten bit by a shark. So then they're like, there's this tiny boat. They're like, we need you to go get help for the kids. I'd be like, I'm sorry, ma'am, but you like let your child fucking out in the ocean in Australia. You got to know that there's like these girls make it there. And then they're like, we have to save this kid. I'm like, really? Because the dads took the one boat and like went fishing. And I'm like, they're probably dead. So they don't need they, they tie their kayaks to this boat and go again. And then like only one of them dies the whole time. Literally, there's four girls. One dies early. The rest of them go in the water 18 times and none of them die. It's so upsetting. So I, that's all I have to say is that don't don't bother. It's free, but don't bother. I also watched Piranha 3 Double D so that nobody else has to. <laughs> and I only have a few things to report. Okay. Okay. So now we talked about it and we were like, oh, we should watch it. Like, we really shouldn't. You might enjoy it just because like some of these visuals are kind of ridiculous. But I feel like they just didn't understand what we liked about Piranha 3D. And they were like, they want it to be gross and like just weird and like funny. Right. And like some of it is funny. Like that scene I sent you of being Rame's character, how he got that, his legs bitten off and he has machine guns attached to the end of his crutches now. That was on his pretty funny. Leg. I'll give you that. Him. Why do you do this to yourself? <laughs> I had to. This is like great content, right? It's all for the content. God, I hate people to say that. But to be fair, I also was just, 
I have a morbid curiosity to see things that I really don't want to see that's going to like bother me. So then this piranha swims up this chick's vagina, right? <laughs> so don't watch it, okay? Uh, Those are two movies that I watched, so none of you have to. I decided at the beginning of your story that I wasn't going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, it just gets worse, but there is one good thing I did watch this week that okay. I'm excited okay. to recommend to everybody. It is extremely scary, though, but it, and it sounds stupid, but it's Hell House LLC. I actually did like a double feature of this and another uh. movie called Hell Fest that's very similar. They both take place like with some people dying at a haunted like house or a haunted haunted like carnival thing. Well, one's a registered business and the other LLC, one... <laughs> yeah, is a registered business. So El- ha- ugh, Hell House LLC, which by the way, I just found out there's like two sequels too, so I gotta watch those. I'm sure they're not good, but it's found footage style. It's like presented in the form of a documentary. So it starts off with these people talking about this haunted house attraction that would like build them in different locations all over the country. They built at this haunted hotel up in New York in some suburb weird town. And on the night that they opened, like everything, like all hell broke loose. Um, People died, like the people who were running it, the basement, like you get videos of like people in there and then they just turn around and run everyone's screaming. You're like, what the fuck? And so then this documentary crew, like one of the people who like hosted the event or created the house, like survived and gives them video of like their recording. And so the rest of the movie is like found footage of like them recording as they're setting up. And my God, if there's not a million fucking scary clowns in here, because there's a lot of like, oh, that clown statue that we have for the haunted house is like moving. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, it, like it's all of a sudden close. I mean, it's really good shit because it's like <laughs> building haunted stuff in a haunted place. It sounds like the worst idea ever, and you're not going to think these guys are really smart. But it's like a high recommend. Like I was like, wow, I haven't been this scared in a long time. It was really freaky. Not Hellfest. Don't watch Hellfest. That was the second one I watched. Uh, That's not worth it. It's like a serial killer at a haunted carnival. It's okay, but that gave me a um, a bad idea for a horror movie franchise. Oh it, yeah, something kind of like that. It takes place in like an office let's just say a startup the sequel is an ipo they go public and then the third to round out the trilogy is the acquisition they get bought oh, wow. out it sounds fascinating <laughs> blumhouse blumhouse Call yeah <laughs> that's really good this i mean it does sound, that's why i'm saying this movie sounded ridiculous i saw it advertised everywhere on prime because it's free yeah. And it was like for a reason. Hell House LLC. And it has like a, not even a descript poster. And you're just like, oh, this sounds stupid. <laughs> well, Hell House LLC. And also there's so many variations of like hell something mm-hmm. for horror movies that it's like just gets lost in the mix. But I was pleasantly surprised. And I am always like impressed when a movie really scares me because I feel like I've become extremely desensitized <laughs> watching so much horror. I, I mean, if it's not a spider you. movie, I just don't get that scared anymore. I will say I watched my first Cronenberg like body horror straight up movie and was extremely shocked and disturbed and like that that delivered. I'm I'm going to watch all the rest of his because I'm sure they're just as fucking crazy. But it's like it takes a lot, you know, nowadays. Yeah. Would you agree? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, it becomes the norm. And then the, it's then when you watch a horror movie with someone who's not a horror movie person that you realize that you're the odd one. <laughs> I'm disturbed for watching this. Interesting. I think that's why we have to talk about it. Like we have to talk about like comfort horror movies because that's like a real thing. And I see it 
people talking about it and like the horror reddit all the time and i'm like yeah i have so many horror movies that i watch just to feel com- comforted it's insane like it's it, am i a fucked up person you know what i don't care i like it i'm not quite at the horror reddit level but you got the me I got, I got your back the dreaded the dreaded we they got a name drop in uh the new scream and everyone on there was like holy shit oh, yeah. <laughs> they uh, called it the dreaded all right let's take a little break and then we'll come back to talk about these movies all right so we're talking about two movies that are not the same at all, but they are also the exact same movie. This was unintentional. Like we, you and I were talking about like, what movies are we going to talk about? So like the first movie that we're going to talk about is the mist, but we just weren't sure what to pair it with. Yeah. It's kind of a hard movie to pair with a partner. Or like, <laughs> do we do another horror movie or like, or like, do we need like a lighter tone after the like existential horror of that whole movie? <laughs> yeah. It's and like you lose faith in everything at the end of that movie. So you're like, what am I going to use to come up? And like, I feel like we came up with the perfect answer to that. Yeah. It, it was really, it just kind of like threw itself in our lap. It was like, Oh, let's talk about, the mist and this is the end the same movie almost upon rewatch of and the double feature i think back to back we were texting each other while we were watching like these are the same movie they literally hit like almost all the same beats it's just like a comedy versus like horror and like really dramatic all right so so here is here's my synopsis of the plot for both of these movies okay in one go, a unexplainable supernatural event happens and drives people into a into a building and they don't know what's going on outside and they're just trying to survive. The difference is who the main characters are. One of them is real people. The other one is a bunch of pothead celebrities. <laughs> If I was in the apocalypse, I would smoke and do all the drugs, too. But it is weird how they're both in a glass building, too, when the event yeah. occurs. Have you know, did you notice that? Like glass windows. Yeah. But like it, it was so funny. It's like in the mist, they're they're trapped in a grocery store. And this is the end. They are trapped in James Franco's house. <laughs> Rather be and, there. 100 percent. And then there's like one scene where they venture outside. They're both tied up. by. There's always a supply run. They're both tied up. They go outside. They can't see anything. There's there's mist in one movie. There's smoke in another movie. Fire and smoke everywhere, yeah. And then there's supernatural creatures that we don't know what they are. But they're scary as fuck. (laughs) And they all are very distinct looking and very horrifying. And it's like surprising in this is the end because you're like, this is a comedy movie. (laughs) These creatures are fucking creepy. They're not. I mean, to be fair, the mist is definitely scarier. I think we'll agree. Yes. yes. But they are. They do the supply run and then they end up having to leave their place or necessarily choosing to. Um, I guess that's up for debate later, but they end up having to leave to go to for rescue and 
that's a, similar in both things too. Just different yeah. endings, I would say. Yeah, the endings are the most different parts, but like the the middle is it, they are the exact same movie, just with yeah. different with different characters and different genres. Yeah, I hadn't seen either of these movies since they came out in high school. And I think you didn't like either of them when they came out. I th- like, I, I took I th- you to see this is the end, and I don't remember you being like, "Oh my god, I loved it." <laughs> I thought This Is the End was okay. Yep. And then I thought The Mist was a bad movie. Mm-hmm. And just terrible judgment. But I also thought The Mist <laughs> was stupid back in high school, too, because I don't think I was really like paying attention to it. I enjoyed both of them separately, but I almost like both of them more because I paired them. It was yeah. such a, it was such a funny thing just being like these are these are so similar it's it kind of so, like that's why it's so I like fun doing that each week with like i do that in general i go off on like tangents with like different kind of weird connecting threads so i like that we're we're using this because it's a fun way to watch movies like <laughs> you know there's really so is. much to watch at any given time and like i'm currently i've been going through like after shark week really got me started i went on <laughs> just a binge and I went through all the crocodile movies like crocodile horror movies then I went through all the anaconda and the snake movies now I'm at bears and shit and it's like not too bad but I'm like I'm get, <laughs> it's getting a little stale so I gotta find another thing I just started watching a Sasquatch one so that's my new thing but it's like you know it's kind of fun it just dictates and you just go in different directions or like an actor, you know, like something. And I love that these two are like movies that you would not normally think to pair together, but they're literally perfect. So for anyone out there, if you haven't seen them already, watch them. We prefer that you watch The Mist first and you'll understand why later. Yeah. There will be spoilers in this episode. But, but just so you know, yeah, if you don't watch it in, in that order with The Mist first, like it's going to be a rough one. So oh, yeah. you're going to have a together. bad time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, these movies surprisingly work well together. But let's let's jump into into the mist. All right, we are talking about the mist first in this pairing. This is a super interesting movie. Um, Interesting for me. I know that you're obsessed with it, and you were like demanding that we watch this. So I mean, I will say thank you because it's better than the first time I watched it. The first time I watched it was in high school. I don't know if I saw it in theaters, but there was nothing memorable about it to me. Like watching it this time was almost like watching it brand new. Like the only thing I remembered was kind of the ending and that Thomas Jane was in it. Like that, that was pretty much it. I had a very similar experience. That's why I thought you would really like it again. Cause when I saw it again, which shout out to the King cast is the reason why they have some great, the missed episodes, but I hadn't seen it since high school when it came out and I yeah. watched it again and was like, wow, this is a whole different movie that I didn't think I had <laughs> remembered. Like I didn't remember a lot of it at all. I just remembered them being in the thing. And then I remembered the army tanks or something, which spoilers for the movie. FYI, which we, we already said that. 
I don't remember if it was on a, on one of our episodes or if it was outside. We've done enough of these now that all of our conversations are just blending together. I talk but, about the mist a lot too. But I remember you saying that the mist was like in your top five Stephen King movies. So it's like Green Mile, The Shawshank Redemption, The Shining. It, but like I remember you saying the mist was in your top five, and my initial thought was what it is it's in my i think it's the scariest of stephen king adaptations personally i mean it the new one is the only one that i would think maybe is yeah those are scary those are and like i mean i still think that like the miniseries is scary just because i fucking hate clowns and when i saw that i still was scared i don't care tim curry's creepy yeah he's the only good part of those okay but i'm just saying i think that this is like the maybe it's just also because i'm terrified of spiders but this movie really gets me i also don't like tentacles so it's like it's very scary to me but it is a really well done adaptation and it's directed by the same guy who did shawshank and the green mile Uh, well now in hindsight i'm like that's why it's actually that's why it's pretty good uh so i mean yeah a little bit of background on this movie so it's 2007 um Stephen King adaptation the the plot of it is they are there's a storm that happens and then the next day the, a mist flows into the town and the mist brings along a lot of crazy weird things that are killing people no one knows what's going on and so all these people flood into a grocery store to hide and they are stuck in there while the mist is surrounding them and things are attacking the building. And so it's a little bit on this movie. Uh, so like the budget of this back in 2007, you know, estimated it was about 18 million opening weekend. It did about uh, 9 million and then gross worldwide. It did 57 million. So worldwide it did. Okay. Uh, Special shout out because it, it had the balls to come out on Thanksgiving weekend or whatever that was with this oh. kind of an ending to take the family to go see. They're like, oh, let's go see a Stephen King movie. See how that turns out. Well, um, that, that is interesting <laughs> that you say that. Like, so yeah, the opening weekend was not very good. Gross sales. Not a family the- movie, I don't think. <laughs> no. I mean, you might, I don't think you would think so because I think, isn't it rated R? It's yeah. Also, right. Yeah, it's rated R. So it's like not like you'd bring the kids, but it's also like, you know, pretty much a downer, but it does have the Stephen King name attached to it. So I see why they would maybe give it a big opening weekend. I mean, I get it. But yeah, it didn't do great at first. But also, I think it it's like one of those movies people have come to really love after a long time. And then you mentioned the director. Who's the director again? Frank Darabont. He directed first. It's crazy that he directed Shawshank first, which is like just the like it's literally like I think if Paddington 2 somehow took number one spot, <laughs> Shawshank was the number one movie on like IMDb. And in general, people agree it's like one of the best movies of all time because it's just a great movie. Like you never watched yeah. like it's just excellent. Everything about it is perfect. And then he made The Green Mile, which is another amazing movie, also about a prison and based on a Stephen King story that isn't particularly horrifying. But there's like kind of it's definitely more dark and like a little bit scarier and like weirder than Shawshank and then he made The Mist and I'm just like man he just busted out three perfect Stephen King adaptations whereas like like the only other person who can do that and is Mike Flanagan I think he's the only other guy who's got like a great track record like that with King and Mick Garris too he's made a lot of really good ones but like literally Frank Darabont's are just perfect I think they're just they all really encapsulate the story and they're all shorter stories so I think he really just knows how to adapt it to the 
to the screen in a really great way. And this is just so different than the other two, you know, but he was offered a bigger budget in order to make this movie with a happier ending. And he refused the big budget and he only signed the contract if they agreed not to change the ending, which is pretty ballsy. And that's why if you think the special effects look more dated, you know, that's the only reason I think like, fuck, mad respect for that director. That's the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard. Am I right? Baller. I mean, also, as a rewatch, like you, you have to know the movies from 2007. The the CGI is going to look a little dated. You just have to accept that and get over exactly. it. Exactly. Like, I don't care. Also, I'm still like I'm I'm still able to put myself in the scenario and it's still a freaky fucking thing that I'm looking at. So even if it doesn't look yeah. perfect, it's still freaky. You know, it yeah. still comes across well. Yeah. And they, they do a good like there's some sequences that are better than others, like the scene. Mm-hmm. The first kill with the tentacles looks a little bit more dated, but also like, you know, if that looked more real, I'd probably be shitting my pants. So I'm OK with it. Like it helps me feel a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> that's also that's also probably the brightest sequence with the creatures. Yeah. And we've learned anything from uh, D.C. <laughs> comic book movies they love to do all their cgi at night what's actually funny about that is that i and i know you don't agree that this is going to make a difference but i actually there is a black and white version of this movie that is like apparently director frank darabont's like true vision of it and i feel like i think you have to buy it like a physical copy copy to watch it so i saw this hack on reddit the other day that said if you just turn your color settings on your TV to zero, you can watch it in black and white. And I was like, holy (laughs) fucking shit. That is genius. So I watched it in black and white and it was so good because I love the old Twilight Zone show in black and white. And also my parents, my dad raised me on like a bunch of old movies. So I now watch them for like they're comforting. It's like having a fire going. It's just comfy. Like I love it. And the way that they talk in the old movies, it's like my jam. So I loved it because it felt like a Twilight Zone episode, the whole thing. And also the special effects looked more blended in with everything. Like you could tell that the tentacles were still shiny, but they weren't like noticeably different. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like a totally different thing than the people. It looked more blended in, but and it all, did feel more like an older monster movie kind of a thing, but just like a really well done one from back then. So wait, Renee, I, I have to ask you, did you watch the black and white Snyder cut? Yeah. You you watched that four hour movie twice, but in yeah, black and white? At least twice. I like that movie. It was actually good. It was better than the original, but I have to ask you, did did the slow-mo look better in no, black and white? it's not like it makes it any <laughs> different in that movie. I'm just saying that, like, I really loved it that I love the black and white version because it's just more comforting to me, and I enjoy black and white things. And when people make a version of their movie in black and white, I'm like, mm, I'm here for it. I was wishing, though, like, because... The scenes with blood, I was like, they just looked like oil. And I was like, it would be kind of sick if like, I know I turned the color settings off, but if like that blood was just red, like it'd be cool, you know? They did like Sin City, where it's just like black and white and red. Little color pops to like really emphasize stuff. But I will say they like just very much like fit really well overall, I'd say. Like with, with the special effects, it just made them look a little bit more blended in. But again... I love this movie just as it is, and I think it's still great either way. I'm just saying, 
if you're interested, the black and white version hack works. I mean, we should also what? probably buy the physical copy. For someone who's never seen The Mist, would it be better to see it in black and white? That's a good question. I don't know. Just I don't know. It depends on if they like black and white movies, because I have a feeling that that is like something that like not a lot of younger people, which I'm not old. I'd like to specify <laughs> this when I say I like. We're getting there. Like, no, we're not. Stop scaring me. We are like 32. That is not that old. Stop freaking me out. You keep you said you keep saying that we're in our mid 30s and it's really upsetting. I, I already I heard somebody say that Game of Thrones was a show for old people. And I was like, are you kidding me? Um. Anyways, I just feel like this movie, if you're not into black and white movies, you probably wouldn't enjoy it. But if you also like I would say just watch it the normal version. I will I will not watch this movie in black and white. That's too much work. Um, I just I, I sent you a clip and you were like, oh, it's not that different. And I was like, fuck off. That's a Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. It's cool. I, I'm sure it's just fine. But I don't know. I can watch older CGI and have it Same not here. bother me. I know I there's some curious. people that don't. But I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, maybe if I get high, it'll be awesome. Um Everything's always better when you're high. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I hadn't seen this movie since high school. And so I went into it with very low expectations. And it was a really good movie. Like, yep. it was kind of like, like I said, like I hadn't, I couldn't really remember hardly anything of it. But like, there's a lot of things like, oh, I mean, first off, the way the movie starts really surprised me. I forgot, like, the movie starts with a tree flying through the window. I'm like, Jesus, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> just you know what's you great, up. too, about the beginning is that just a little Stephen King trivia fact for everybody. But um, since Thomas Jane's character is an artist in the movie, he does, like, movie posters. It has, like, the poster for the thing in the on the wall. And mm. the one that he's working on is um, of the gunslinger from Stephen King's dark tower books. That's like the artwork. Uh, oh, it's the Matthew McConaughey movie, right? Okay. Please God. <laughs> don't ever say that again. I was like, I'm in, like, we're going to have to cut that out. I'm embarrassed <laughs> that you just brought that up. No one acknowledges that movie. Jay's <laughs> don't. And have you even seen that movie? Don't even no. watch it. Oh God. If you watch it, it'll never like, you'll be like, Oh, the dark tower stupid. It's fucking amazing, and that movie sucks. No offense. Okay. I know the director likes The Dark Tower. It's the studio, but <laughs> anyways, like I can't believe you just said that. You ruined my Dark Tower <laughs> I, reference. I, I that knew, was going to be so I good. Knew, I knew it would get you. <laughs> Ugh, you are right on that. Okay, but anyways, also the other little Stephen King trivia is that he uh, got the idea for the movie and the novel. Not for the movie, but you know what I mean. Uh, he got the idea when he was at a market in Maine and he was waiting in line and he noticed that Stephen friend... King got an idea in Maine. That's where he lives. That I know it's a joke. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I thought you were legit asking. And I was like, okay, either he's like dumb as hell or he's just trying to fuck with me and it worked. So thank you. <laughs> he got the idea when he was at the market in Maine where he lives and he noticed that the front window of the store was plate glass window and he just wondered what would happen if giant insects flew into it. And I was just like, I love that that's how his mind works. Like, that's fucking cool. That's the coolest thing ever that you could just think about that when you're in the grocery store line. It's like I could think like sometimes I feel like I think about crazy scenarios like that because I still have like a childlike imagination. He has like that, too. I mean, I would never be able to turn into the fucking mist. That's for sure. But I have like I worry about it. maybe it's just anxiety. I worry about that shit. But I'm like, yeah, that would fucking suck. 
Well, Renee, I think we can both agree that it's only cool because it turned out to be Stephen King. Can you imagine if like you were dating and you were out with someone and they just like looked up at the window at whatever restaurant you're at and you're just like, can you imagine if some giant insects just like blasted through here? You'd end that date in a second. Are you, you kidding? Would... I'd be so turned on. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like. Yeah, tell me more. What are they going to do to everybody? Because I'm horrified by it, but it's like I have that morbid curiosity where it's like, I got to watch it. Was that Nolan's pickup line? She's like, what if bugs came in here and just killed no, everyone? No, the bugs are like something that I have to like really warm up to. It's like a really slow warm up, but I'm like curious in him. But like, I'm, you know, you can't lead off the gate with that. He let off with the porn. We already established that. <laughs> well, one thing with this movie that I was really surprised by that yeah, I had no recollection of, there's so many like m recognizable faces, like mm -hmm. actors in this movie, like the the girl, the, the main girl who dies from getting bit by a spider, not the blonde, not the mom one. Oh, his wife? The yeah, yeah, not the young one. The what the girl? young suit the young supermarket worker. Oh, she's she, the fly, the bug. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. It's like a giant it, fly. That's thing. literally what I said. The no, girl who dies spider. from the, okay, the girl from dies from the bug thing. But spider. I've only seen her in Chron Chronicles of Riddick. Really? Yeah. Um. <laughs> then also the guy with the menacing eyebrows who mm -hmm. is into her. He is the actor for a video game series for yeah. a Star Wars game, and. He's a really good actor. And it's oh, like, I know. He's great. It's like, it's a bummer that he didn't become a bigger star. I've only seen him in this, this movie, that game. And then he has a scene in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> like Philadelphia. He's in. <laughs> yeah. He's in something else that I can't remember, but. Um, I Menacing eyebrows. Twitter. He's great. Yeah. But he's like Sam Witwer, I think is his name. Hmm. And he's, a, he's wonderful. I like him in this it's movie really a good. lot. He's a really his, good actor. His character. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I love, I love all the cast in this movie. And I think that they all are like turning it into like, they're just doing it perfectly. Everyone's playing the yeah. right. It's kind of like, you know, there's a lot of different type of people, but you like recognize each type of person in the movie. But I, I also love William Sadler. Who's like the guy who um, is drinking beers with the other guy who's in the coveralls? Who's like yeah. a mechanic or whatever? The guy, yeah. who, those two, the two dumb fucks, basically. <laughs> and he's like, he's in every Frank Darabont movie. He's in Shawshank and Green Mile. Yeah, and yeah, he's great. I love him. Yeah. He's in a lot of movies. He's like a that yeah. guy. He's a total that guy. Well, yeah. and then also um, the the lady who. Yeah, the lady who loses her kid early on. Oh, that one. She's yeah, Walking, from the Walking Dead. Dead. She's well, from The Walking Dead. I don't know if you know this, uh, but uh, Frank Darabont is the one who created and started The Walking Dead. So I did see on his IMDb that he's yeah. he's credited for. But a he lot left of it. after like season two or season one or something with some big thing, and then he just like, I think he won his case that he like was suing AMC did he get, over because did he it get, was something about getting. I don't know what happened, but did he get tired of writing a story about people going from one place and staying there for a whole season and then going he to another place and staying season. there for another season? He only did the first season, I think. And then he left. Oh, and okay. I think it was like a thing where they maybe either fired him or I don't know. And I think <laughs> that like it got shitty after he left. And also like I gave up after season one. I don't think I watched it anymore. I would like tune in for like little scenes like with Glenn or whatever, but, but yeah, no, he, uh, 
it's funny that he did that. And that scene is actually in the book or in the short story. I remember it. And I just remember the same reaction. I mean, the woman, it's like, I get it. I get it, lady. Like you got to get to your kids. Sure. Will anybody come with me? It's like, fuck no. Like, <laughs> I don't care who you are. I'm like, I was actually like very proud of all the men for not being stupid idiots saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll walk you home, miss. Sure. Why not? It's just a miss. Like, fuck no, dude. I don't even before I saw any creatures, I would say, fuck off, lady. That guy came in with blood all over him yelling about something in the mist. Mm -hmm. Now I know there's creatures out there. Like, that's all it takes. And I'm like 100% sold on. We're not leaving this fucking store. This movie did a, a really good job of like separating out like the the people that like it's almost like the you have to see it to believe it thing. Mm hmm. Whereas like you had that fight that happens in the the garage or wherever, where there's a bunch of people and the tentacles are all happening and yep, the they tentacles. all come back and they're all like this insane shit happened and it killed one of our people. But like, it's so insane that uh, the people who didn't see it, they're just like, that's not possible. Even though there's, even though there's witnesses, it's like you have to see it to believe it. Can I just speak on this? I'm so fucking glad that you brought this up. I don't know if you have any more. Do you have any no, more to that point? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I'm like, this is crazy because this is something that I came up with like just after watching it. And I know exactly what the problem was. First off, let's just talk about the fact that there's a fucking part of a tentacle back there. Like, like we don't have to tell anybody anything. We have to say... <laughs> Hey, would you guys come back and check out this generator? I think something's wrong with it. I need some men to come look. Any man there would come and go, I'll be the man to fix the generator. All of them would fucking come. <laughs> you just have to say, come with me, lie to them. And then they come back. There's blood and a tentacle. They believe you now. Like th there's nothing you have to say after that. The, the problem, though, is like even if they did just want to try and bring it up in conversation somehow and not make it sound insane. It's the way that fucking Tom Jane says casual he conversation. Says, he says, first off, before the tentacles, he comes back and says, did you guys hear a strange noise? And that's exactly the kind of shit that they say again <laughs> later. And it's like, I'm sorry, but in horror movies, anybody who ever starts off with, did you hear that? I heard a strange noise. It's like whoever you're saying that to now immediately thinks you're insane. Like they're like, okay, this person <laughs> just is seeing that. Like I asked Nolan this to check because I knew if I ever said that to him, he'd go, no, you're that's you're crazy. Automatically, he knows. OK, I just have to make her feel calm. Right. <laughs> like, obviously, nothing's happening. But I was like, I was watching a movie and it's like they literally saw like movement upstairs because they saw the chandelier shake and they go, honey, I heard a strange noise. And I go, no, you didn't. You saw the fucking chandelier shake. <laughs> Tell him. Say, I think something fell over or say, hey, let's go have sex. Would you go upstairs and get ready? And he'll run up there and then he'll tell you if something's going on. I'm just saying people really don't know how to approach the subject of, hey, uh, I need to tell you something insane. And I feel like they really tr they struggle with that in the movie when the evidence is it's right there. <laughs> and like, I get that. Like, if you tell someone that I have a tentacle, I want you to come see. I don't know if I'd want to go either. That sounds like suggestive. I, yeah, like it sounds weird. And it's also like, a come tentacle. see my tentacle. A tentacle. There's a tentacle that attacked and killed a kid. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't know what I would think either. I think I might buy it because I just am ready for this. I'm ready for at any point the day to turn into the mist. Like I, I, I would accept that possibility if somebody said that. I'd be like, okay, show me the tentacle. Like I'd be curious enough. Like, I don't understand the main guys like, oh, you guys are just fucking getting at me because I'm from the city. And I'm like, OK, well, that's paranoid. I think you should maybe just go see what they're doing. That's a weird 
weird joke, right? Right as there's a tragedy and like a we're all trapped in a store, I'm going to make play a prank on this out of towner guy. Well, see, that's that's how you end up becoming the kid that's killed by the tentacle. It's like, oh, y'all go see the tentacle. Oh, I would go see the cut off tentacle. I, that kid doesn't go say, hey, I'm going to go those idiots, which, by the way, I think we should just talk about those this whole tentacle scene while we're on it of like they're all arguing of who can go fix the generator and that other guy's like guys we don't need the generator at all like we don't need it on we have power and they're like no i'm gonna go and i'm just like what is the deal here is it a cocky man thing like i don't want to be called a chicken i better go out there it's like i would never risk my life just to look brave is that a thing uh well i mean first off they did need the generator no, because he says they, that. they lost the power. Times. He says, guys, we don't need the one. They have the backup generator. And he's like, we don't need the one out there. So they're oh. doing something that they don't even need to do, which is that's oh. why it's stupid. All right. I'll trust your judgment on it. There's uh, a lot of those in this movie. All, all I have to say about that scene that was funny, and this is mostly just a uh, difference in technology thing, was watching the the actors like try to avoid the tentacles like they <laughs> the technology was there they're just like they don't know what to do so they're just like moving around like that, there's that one yeah. part where the guy hops over the tentacle and he just looks like he's like skipping over like <laughs> just like it's like yeah oh, there's a pothole <laughs> There's a scene like that that always like me and Nolan always point out in like uh one of the I think it's like one of the original Star Wars movies where like Han's like Han like tries to he's stepping over Jabba's tail but he like is like really jerky <laughs> the way that he does it it's really funny um but yeah I know what you mean I feel like it, that's also the the scene that's kind of the roughest with the special effects but like I mean it's still pretty good like I'm I mean yeah. it's still, it's not horrible I really haven't seen like it's not that bad and it's still freaky as fucking hell like the when they're i mean at least when they ask the questions like when when tom jane says what the hell were those tentacles even attached to i'm like yes thank you somebody's asking the right questions what the fuck was that that's got that can't be a squid or an octopus because it's like it, there's no water right i mean aren't you curious i don't i'm really glad we didn't see whatever it was because it's like those fucking things were alive and they had mouths and they were yelling and screaming. And I'm like, why are they screaming? Yeah, I I enjoyed that scene other than, you know, him jumping over a tentacle and that that weirdness. The next scene, though, is a little bit smoother. I feel like with all of that mixing in of the action, when the flies and the like pterodactyl things get in the store, yeah, yeah. that also I think that looks like a really good. That still looks really good. That scene. The, the the power of having your CGI at night in the dark. Yeah, exactly. But then there's like also this movie is just there's so many people making really dumb decisions, like the guy who lights himself on fire. I will <laughs> say I was really impressed with Torch Mop. It was good, right? <laughs> like I was just like, I've seen a lot of apocalyptic movies and like how you prep for that. Torch Mop has never been <laughs> another That's a good it's like, a good use that's of brilliant. it. Yeah. Just, light it i yeah. mean you're gonna you're gonna light the building on fire for sure but like, i mean that one that guy really off. that guy has the worst luck where he's trying to light it <laughs> that and it can't light and then he is like steps backwards for some reason and trips <laughs> with the thing the bucket of gasoline 
all over him as he lights it somehow and then he's on fire i'm just like i'm sorry that would be me that's why i'm not going near the fucking fire i'm not giving no one's giving me a fire torch i did laugh at that scene not him lighting it but i swear to god i heard one of the people like they tried the zippo lighter and it didn't work then they grabbed like the long stick like lighter and i swear to god i heard someone say goddamn child lock lighter Probably. It's true. Those things are fucking hard to turn on. I hate them. It was the funniest thing ever. I'm like, this is awesome. (laughs) It was great. And it's like, it's really cool because it's like in the first half, I mean, the tentacles, we don't know what they're attached to. It could be a big thing. But it's like, for the most part, they really start off just fighting the bugs of whatever this thing is that the mist is coming in from, which I think like, you know, based on what we know from the movie and also from the short story, which is I think it's more in the movie, but but it's like another dimension, kind of like a Stranger mm-hmm. Things, which things also does have a lot of inspiration from the mist. Um, but yeah, it's like that they're from some other dimension. This sounds like the worst fucking dimension. Um, and these things are like just the bugs. And it's like we don't you know, they haven't even gotten to like the things that are like the big. Things. Yeah get to that later but it just gets worse and worse and it's like the flies are horrifying then the pterodactyls it just gets and the creatures are like total lovecraft creatures where they're like which i don't know if you know what like that kind of style is but it's no you've met, it's basically, mentioned it but it's like something that's so alien to us humans that like we can't even it's beyond comprehension and it would like drive you mad to look at yeah. and it's like yeah, looking at all these creatures, they're not just whatever they are. Like, even the the fly things, they're like that plus something weird. Like, they're all fucked up. They're all nightmarish creature combined with something else. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. like weird versions of, like, the spiders have faces and mouths and stuff. And, like, I, I don't think spiders have, like, that in real life. Like, they look different. You know, they don't look like that. They have these weird human kind of faces. Before we go to the spider scene, because that scene's yeah, wild, um, I just wanted to point out that... Thomas Jane had another old school action hero moment, kind of like in Deep Blue Sea, how he could how he could he could dodge shark bites. I mean, I still find it impressive. There's a there's a part in the you know the pterodactyl attack where he's fighting with mop torch, and then he just like he just hits it with his forearm and turns it into a spear. And I'm just like, okay, would an artist know how to do this in one fail swoop? I'm like, an artist with those <laughs> muscles, maybe. Yeah, we would just maybe film the Punisher too, right? Wasn't he filming that around the same time? I, I don't know. They came out around the same maybe. time. Maybe I don't know, but I mean, he looked buff as hell. <laughs> man tom like, jane knows how to fucking turn shit into shit that's apparently what also, it is <laughs> one last note on tom jane there is several scenes of tom jane like trying to hold something and he his shoes are slipping it's like he needs some traction there's several scenes of just like i'm gonna hold the rope or i'm gonna i'm gonna hold the cage the monster's not gonna yeah. grab me and it's just his, sh- his loafers slipping and i'm like <laughs> get the man some new balance <laughs> I think it was maybe his choice because it's funny, actually, again, shout out and go listen to the rest to the King cast episode on with they interviewed Thomas Jane and they asked him about his whole thing because he apparently really just likes wearing shoes like in real life. <laughs> like he'll show up on red carpets and stuff without it. And he kind of got a little defensive when they asked him about it because they're like, what's up with that? Like, we don't wear shoes. He's like, I really don't like it. They're like foot prisons and all this stuff. So I was like, maybe he would only agree to wear loafers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to put myself in a foot prison that is like the fucking Nike shoes, whatever. Tennis shoes seem like a lot for him. Maybe I don't think he could handle it. 
But I mean, he does make like he is like a good. He is not too much of an action hero. I would say. Oh no, no, no. He's great in this movie. I'm just I, that was the only two notes. I'm just like, guy needs some traction, and he's really <laughs> good at making a spear out of torch mop. Like, I mean, I was <laughs> impressed, and I love it too because in that scene, it's like. Oh, the bugs are attracted to the light. And then those two fucking beer drinking idiots are like turning on. Yeah, we're turning on all the lights. And they're like, back there running, turning all of them on. And they're like, fuck, turn them off. And I'm like, you idiots. One thing I really noticed after rewatching it again is how much like it really shows you like all these dumb decisions that other people make. And like Thomas Jane, you're like, he makes really smart decisions. Yeah. His dumbest decision is going to the pharmacy. I, just, I will never understand the reasoning behind it. But Has other than well. that, get it shipped to you. Get it shipped. No, no. Just fuck, <laughs> fuck the burnt guy. That's all it is. I'm sorry. That guy died by the time they get back. Okay, we'll get to that. We get to the pharmacy and the spiders. But I'm just saying, like, other than that, he makes like really logical choices. And no. you're like, this guy's smart. Yeah. I'm with him. He's reasonable. And he mm -hmm. knows that like people are gonna get crazy and follow the religious lady. And the religious lady, she was wonderful. Like is she, she not Marsha Marsha Gay Harden. She's amazing. Yeah. She was so good at being a character that I hate. Like, oh she God, was, I know she was she was charismatic. She was engaging. I'm just like, but you just hate her. You, you were just fuck out of here, praying on fear right now. Like, like when did you like like I can't think of another character. I was trying to like besides Joffrey, I couldn't think of another character that I was like fucking die when they died. I was like stood up, <laughs> clapped, like yes, finally, because she is so annoying. She's so good at what she's doing, but she is like convincing when you see it from like like I'm sure I would be in that fucking cult too. Because yeah. I would be just, I mean, my mind would have broken like instantly. I would probably like have killed myself with the pills the first night, like that one lady. She was smart. She had the right idea. When the bugs attack, take all the pills. I, that's what, that's what I would do. Now that you bring it up, I was going to ask you, you know, as we do with horror movies. Yeah. At what point, Renee, do you kill yourself? You just, once you I just see say. the bugs and if I saw the tentacle, oh yeah, I'd kill so, myself. So would it be the mist? As soon as you see the mist rolling in, someone dies, you wouldn't I mean, kill yourself. I mean, if someone says there's creatures in the mist, I'm like, okay, well, we're, we're all hiding in here. If I'm safe in the store, if I'm out in the mist and someone says there's, I'm finding the nearest thing to kill myself if, if I'm stuck out there. But if I get in the building and I'm safe, yeah, I'll stay here. We'll see. Once bugs are coming in the fucking walls and there's like pterodactyls, those are fucking dinosaurs. If I saw one of those spiders... I would have to kill myself immediately because even if they didn't kill me, like I don't want to live with that knowledge of that vision. Like I would see that all the time. You know, mm. I just know I couldn't live through seeing any of this traumatic shit. I would be in a mental institution if I mm. survived somehow. So I would probably off myself at the first creature I saw. Yeah. <laughs> if it came in the store and I was like, we're all going to die. Yeah. I'd kill myself. Yeah. Let's get to the spiders. Yes. That spider scene, I totally forgot about it. That's even I was like, ooh, it's a lot of spiders. I mean, it's like, yeah, so they come up, they go to the pharmacy. This is my biggest problem with the movie, and I love this movie, and I'll still watch it. They go to the pharmacy just because that this one guy who, as we mentioned before, sets himself on fire while they're trying to fight the, the little bugs that come in and the, the dinosaur thing. And uh, yeah, so that guy's like basically saying, please just kill me. You guys have a gun. Just kill me. This is this is shitty. And they're like, no, no, no. We can go to the pharmacy. 
You know, it's like right next door. After all those things just gotten here, why not? It can't be worse than that out there. Those fuckers are so dumb. I'm like, this guy is like burnt to death already. Even if you get him stuff, it's just to make him like, what, numb for like a couple hours before he dies? They come back anyways, and he's dead. So it's all pointless. So they go there, and there's fucking like webs everywhere. And like they find this one guy who you saw as like he's an army guy and was like, I'm going to the pharmacy at the beginning of the movie. And he's like covered in look like boils and he's wrapped up. And then he's like, I like he basically apologizes and says it was our fault. And then he explodes with all these fucking spiders that come out of him. And then this big, big spider comes out and it has like a face and it screams and it's all fucking horrifying. Like these spiders are like literally the worst spiders I could imagine. <laughs> they're not hairy, but they're like freaky looking as fuck. They have acidic webs which like that's too much of an advantage okay they've got millions of children running around that's enough they are freaky looking as hell and they've got fucking acidic webs i mean it's just too much so anyways a couple people die they go back and they're all traumatized because god i would have killed myself right then and there if i had i would have i would have never but i do have to say i shout out the old lady in that scene uh francis sternhagen She's also in Misery. I don't know if you recognized her from that. And she is in this movie. And when they go to the pharmacy, she uses like a spider drops down. A big one drops down in front of her and like screams at her with its creepy ass face. And she just doesn't even fucking blink and blow torches it. And I was like, damn, I would not do that. I would have blow torch myself. <laughs> I would have been like, fuck this. <laughs> she just kills the spider. I was so impressed. But that scene is like so upsetting. Did, and I'm glad that something finally got to you. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would say that this got to me. It it was definitely more than I remembered. So I was like, oh, that's pretty creepy. But I don't know. I like spiders just aren't really my thing. Like they, they're not they don't really They're not my fucking thing either, but they're like uh, terrifying. Uh, I would definitely say they are your thing. I mean, I was going to ask you. They're not my thing. I was going to ask you where where does this rank on your leaderboard? Because I don't have one. Where does this rank on your leaderboard of like spider scenes in movies? Well, I'm glad that you asked that because I do know like all the big ones because like I can just like I check almost every movie before I watch it to be like, is there anything with spiders? Like, am I going to be need to be like prepare myself? have a shot ahead of time or something just to relax because like like a movie that I really love is arachnophobia because it's a really good horror comedy like it's actually really great however every time I watch that I'm like stressed out like I'm trying to like <laughs> laugh through this the fucking pain and I'm like literally like I have goosebumps everywhere and it's just such an unsettling movie but then it's like you know I this movie is the most disturbing scenes with spiders I would say for me but the scariest one that's ever like, like even just watching it again after having seen it the first time was the ending of Enemy, which I haven't even seen the fucking movie because there's spiders in that too. <laughs> but like I, I heard about the spider at the end scene and watched that and threw my phone across the room when I had my phone like on like the lowest brightness quality. And I was watching it at night and I was like, what is my problem? It's like my morbid curiosity of like, this is going to really fuck me up. I better look at it. You know, like, why do I like that? Yeah, you sent that that clip to me. You're like, you should show this to Sarah. And I'm like, did I say that? 
I would never recommend you to watch. Don't traumatize Sarah. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. For the sake of what I'm thinking, I'm going to say you did. Okay, and Sarah, when I watched, I did not. when I watched that scene, I'm like, if I showed this to Sarah, even though it's a 30 second scene, she might divorce me. Oh, She's yeah, that scared of spiders. I mean, so, <laughs> it's my worst nightmare in one scene. If you're scared of spiders, don't look up the ending of Enemy. Okay. Um, and all of these scenes are horrifying. I went down a real rabbit hole watching all of these horrible scenes because I knew that like it would be I'd be doing a public service by telling everyone else. Um, but literally, there is so many I couldn't even watch some of them. I, I've saved them in case we ever want to, you know, torture me <laughs> live on camera or something for everyone because they're really upsetting. I, I couldn't even bring myself to watch them. And it's like I I'm like so scared and I can handle other horror movies of any kind. But just you're getting ones. visibly uncomfortable. Oh, I'm like, I'm, like, covered I'm in goosebumps. Seeing, I'm, I'm seeing you right now and you're just like getting visibly uncomfortable. I wish people could see it. <laughs> the ones I've seen, I think arachnophobia has a lot of really scary spider shit. I'm not gonna lie, guys. The fly from 1958. Watch <laughs> the ending scene of that. The little voice is silly, but the fly, the original version, is basically where a guy he also turns in. It's not he's turning into a fly, but he mutates so that like his head and his right arm are on the fly, and he has a fly head and a fly right arm. And so there's a fly Sorry, what, at the end of the movie. That what does has this have his, to do with a spider? This is what I'm saying. At the end of the movie, the fly oh. with his face gets stuck in a spider web. And it's like, help me in that really squeaky voice. And then it shows. I mean, it's a fucking spider puppet. But it's like crawling over to him. And it's like, ah, like on top of him. And I just was not <laughs> expecting that from this like old movie. And I legit had a, almost a heart attack watching that. But I will say, I, I mean, like, I'm okay watching The Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Like a Return okay. of the King spider. It's upsetting and horrible. And oh my God. And the Hobbit ones too. They're disgusting. But it's like it doesn't visibly upset me. There's one from this movie, The Beyond, that I, I haven't brought myself to watch. It's like some <laughs> Italian horror movie from the 80s. And a guy, I don't know the, the logistics, okay. But he basically is like on a ladder of some sort outside. And he's just discovered some like thing about this. The building that they're at, the house is like the gateway to hell. And and so I don't know if it's Satan who like knocks him off the ladder and he falls and like the way he falls down, he like paralyzes himself. And then a bunch of tarantulas crawl out and like they crawl all over his face and bite him. And I've never watched it because I I just feel like I couldn't live through that. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I have I did tell Jace that uh, if he wants to torture me and make me watch that, I would do that. But it's it's like I I'm going to be very upset about it. It's always good to have something in my back pocket. I will say the one good thing that came out of this, uh, this, this little fucking horrible. I mean, I literally was like almost in tears watching all of these things. So it was like very upsetting. But I guess the one thing that came out of it is that I was thinking for some reason about snakes on a plane. I maybe it was because I was thinking of like eight legged freaks. I've never, I can't, I haven't watched that movie in a long time, but it freaked me out the first time. And it's also like a horror comedy, like snakes on a plane. Yeah. But I was like, dude, I've got the best pitch for the fucking sequel, okay? We got <laughs> Sam Jackson back and he's he's a retired FBI agent at this point, right? Okay. It's been years. I mean, I don't know how long it's been, like 10 plus years. He's retired and he's had PTSD from the snakes, but also the plane. Like he hasn't gotten on a plane <laughs> until this movie. He's like finally ready. And what is it? It's like fucking spiders this time, but it's <laughs> everywhere. We don't know. I haven't figured out like why, but I feel like I would 
I would get it. I could get a studio to like put some money up for that. If Sam Jackson said, <laughs> fuck yeah. Like if you pay him enough, like he would fucking do it. And I think I would enjoy the shit out of that movie. And I would love to see him beaten up on some spiders. That might make me feel better about it. I love snakes on the plane. So I'm here. Oh, it's for great. It. And I'm like, it's, it's great. Cause it's also, you know what you're getting out of it. But I would say like out of all of these, this is the most, I would say the mist is the most disgusting. My worst is enemy. But arachnophobia is probably the scariest overall. So good to know. Look out, people. Let's hop over to the most controversial part of this movie, the ending. Mm -hmm. So when I first saw it in high school, I definitely remember thinking the ending of this movie sucks. Mm -hmm. To just lay the groundwork. They leave the grocery store, uh, Thomas Jane and a couple other people and his son. his son. Yep, And they get in a car and they're like, we're just going to drive because it's better being out there than in here with all these insane people. And they drive and drive until the they're, they run out of gas thing. One thing I really liked and noticed about this movie is there is no music in this movie yep. until they get in the car and drive away. So like all you hear is just silence and then the siren and just it was really effective. I really right? enjoyed it. Um, I'm so impressed that you caught that because I was like going <laughs> to mention it, but I was like, I'll save that for when we talk about the ending because that's the first time that you get that music and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, we're getting was, fucking like, oh, like, it was like, oh, God, like, I'm yeah. fucking. It was also just like, like, I get why they left, but I'm also like, you guys killed the crazy lady right then. Like, you guys could have just stayed. Kudos to that guy for just shooting her shooting in the head. Her. They should have done that <laughs> like, fucking a week ago at this point. I mean, I know it's only been like three days, but still, <laughs> she fucking had to go. And, it, you know, it's crazy about the ending. Um, is that it's different than the way that the original story ends that Stephen so, King so, wrote? So wait, before you before we go to that, let's so the ending. Oh, sorry, so all, we didn't even all, you didn't even say it. I, I didn't. Forgot. I got distracted by the lack of music. Really so good the note, ending, though. yeah. So the ending is they run out of gas. They have a gun. There's four people in the car, but they only have three bullets. It's five people in the car and four bullets. Okay, so this was really worth doing. It was. We, I'm sorry, okay, okay. but for anybody who like knows the movie, they like any you know. Yeah, you're right. I totally ruined the ending with one person I that I can't wanna, even remember. I didn't want to act like I didn't notice it. That's all. wait. Who who's in the car? It's the dad, the son, okay, the, so, the fake yeah. mom, and the and the guy who shot the woman. The old guy and the old woman. They're oh in the yeah, car. the old guy who was bloodied up early it, on. Okay, there's something in the He's also yeah. in a lot of uh, Stephen King movies. He's great. Um, okay. But yeah, the, him and the old woman and like they don't really speak about it. I mean, I know they kind of talked about it early on in part of their planning, but like they don't really like make a decision out loud. Right. When this when this happens, they all kind of look at each other, which is a little bit bothersome. I feel like we'd I'd want to talk about it. Are you trying to say that Thomas Jane murdered everyone? I'm not in saying that he murdered them, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, and I'm not saying that like they're they didn't. I mean, they all were looking at him with that way, but it's like I hate in movies when people just look at each other and then they do something because I'm like, sometimes I look at somebody, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. Like if he's like, like what if I was thinking like he's like you're right. Let's try and make it out there with the gun. And it's like, oh, wait, he's fucking going to kill me. Like, I'd be mad. But again, he the, the old guy kind of nods. But again, I, I might just want to talk. I would have probably not made it this far, though. Let's be real. There, There is a pretty big difference between murder and assisted suicide. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it was murder. I'm just saying, like, I, I think you I might have wanted to talk about it. That's all. <laughs> I might have wanted to say, like, maybe we should wait a little bit because you haven't even gotten to the full part of the ending. Morals, don't give Thomas Jane the nod in any circumstance. You yeah, don't, he'll you don't kill you, man. It's not That's the deleted well. scene is him giving him the nod and then going, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, wait, no, I thought you were talking about someone else. <laughs> I thought you were saying we should wait at least 30 minutes, right? <laughs> we should wait at least until we're starving or something or a creature's attacking. Am I right? <laughs> but anyways, oh. tell him what happens after Thomas Jane tries to kill or he kills all of them, starting with the son, which yeah. that's well, great. We don't know for sure, but we, we figured oh, that's where the it kid starts. opens his eyes and then the gun shot. <laughs> but so Thomas like, Jane, he definitely had to kill him first. He fires off four shots. And that's all the bullets. And then he gets out of the car and he starts to he's ready to walk off into the mist and die himself. So he spares everyone else the horrible death that he's going to experience. After like when he's done though, he does like click off the gun a few times in his in his mouth like yeah. just in case and I like I really love the desperation there. And then as he's ready to walk off into the mist, he hears the noise thinking it's the monster. And he starts yelling for it to come for him. Yep. And then it's a tank that rolls through the mist. And then the whole army is behind the tank. And the tank is coming in to rescue everyone. And he is just in total despair. Because he's like, I just murdered everyone in my life, including my son. He made and up the logical choice, though, is the thing. <laughs> he did. He like, did. I would be like, yeah, maybe after all of that I'd seen, I'd be like, yeah, I probably want to die, too. I'd be okay with it. I, I don't think I want to live with these memories. So, yeah, like this ending, I remember just being like, this is stupid. Watching it the second time, I'm just like, this is a bold ending. This is a brave ending like mm -hmm. i actually really respected it like yeah. the story is a tragedy it's not it's not a it's not a disaster movie where they come out on top and they're hopeful like it is one person's story within a, a disaster it's amazing and i love the ending and that's like what i was going to say earlier that Stephen King says that he wished he had come up with that when he was writing it because there's the way that the story originally ends is that they do like leave the grocery store and they're driving off in the mist and they end up like stopping. They're able to like siphon gas somehow. And they, but like for one, like basically he's, he's been writing all this down in a journal and they're stopped at like a restaurant and they're like sleeping there for the night and they're going to leave the journal there for whoever. And they talk about how they're just going to keep driving until they find anything. And they, they think they hear the word Hartford on the radio. So that they, they want to head there they think that maybe there's people but it it ends on like totally ambiguous so you don't really know and mm -hmm. he's like i wish i had thought of that and had the balls to do that that's fucking great i feel like in most movies you're like oh yeah most hor most horror movies people make stupid fucking decisions and they get them killed but in this mm -hmm. movie it's like there's a lot of people that make dumb decisions and get killed for sure there's some people that make dumb decisions and don't get killed. And then there's other people that make pretty much the right decisions and they still fucking get killed. It's it's like pretty. I mean, granted, yes, we won and the, the, the creatures are gone. I mean, although that giant fucking thing that they mm -hmm. pass under when they're driving is like a monster of something that like that's like Lovecraft shit. You look <laughs> at that, your brain explodes like I can't even comprehend. There's tentacles hanging off that thing, too. It's just too much. I wouldn't want to live through any of this. You know, I think that's my thing is I don't think I'd do well with this kind of trauma. I think I would be haunted forever and need a straight jacket. 
before I would kill myself. I'm kind of glad that this movie wasn't super successful Mm -hmm. because if it was really successful, it would have sucked to have a terrible sequel to this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. They would have brought The Rock in and The Rock fights the monsters. Exactly. (laughs) They would have lost everything that was good about it. Plus, it's like, yeah, we don't need an ending to this. That's the whole point. But the creatures from it do pop up in some other Stephen King stuff. And it's like his whole thing of like worlds that are like Mm -hmm. on the like edge of our world and kind of bleeding into there and doorways between there. It's like it's all very cool. And it's it's interesting. I'm like, whatever doorway they opened, they just got the bad pick of the draw, I guess, because (laughs) I mean, like, God forbid it was just a normal dimension like the ones that they go to in fucking Doctor Strange. But no, it's like, can you imagine if in Doctor Strange they ended up in like the fucking mist? No way, dude. That's the kind of dimension that that's why I would never be a scientist. If you're ever fucking dealing with that kind of shit, like what happens if you go through and then, oh, shit, I'm here and I die instantly or terribly like you have no idea what's out there. It's that's what that's why it's not the the decades of school that you have to go through and. All that stuff. Okay, but still, I mean, clearly it was the scientists that were responsible for it here, and it's their fault again. It's just great. It's a great movie. It's a really good one. I'm glad you changed your mind on it, because I think a lot of people maybe relate the ending back to, like, when we also had The the Village come out, and everyone was like, oh, that stupid twist. And I feel like they came out really close together. Yeah. And people maybe just, like, I mean, I personally had maybe thought that it was the same thing, where it was like, oh, but it's like, it's not a Shyamalan twist fully. It It's like, but I think my brain just thought it was right because it was like, oh, I remember people not liking the village twist. Well, I think people <clears throat> are expecting a supernatural twist, like yeah. a supernatural ending to a supernatural movie when this is a very human ending. Mm-hmm. Like this is a this is a story about humanity. Yeah, it's not that about inclu- the that includes some super, supernatural stuff like this is what this is humanity in survival mode like you could you could take out the monsters and put in another threat and like this movie's the same i mean read any stephen king book it's very similar to like where people are all like dealing with this thing that they don't fucking understand but then it's also like i would say like 99.9 percent of the time the ultimate villain is the human characters there's like a human villain that's 10 times worse than whatever creature they're fighting granted (laughs) The mist really adds to the mystery of a lot of the creatures, too, because you don't see them. You just see, like, a giant fucking claw come out, and you're like, what the fuck was that? Like, that's what's so upsetting, I think, is that you can't comprehend any of this horrible shit that's happening. And, like, people just respond to it differently. I know my head would just explode, or I would have killed myself instantly. So I get it. There's people that can't handle these situations. I would be probably either with Mrs. Carmody, or I would have killed myself day one with the pills. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's transition from a super depressing movie to a really hilarious movie. Fuck yeah. All right, let's get into to the this is the end. What a what a wild ride this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites. Yeah. So yeah, this movie is um you know, the plot is pretty much the same as The Mist. Uh something unexplainable starts to happen and drives all these these people into a house into james franco house this time rather than 
a Probably. grocery store. Well, maybe not anymore, but <laughs> yep. compared but, to uh, a grocery store, yeah, I'd rather be a, a big fucking celebrity's house. <laughs> yeah, well, and the thing that's happening outside is it's the end of the world. And so uh, the whole book of Revelations is happening. Yeah. And then, um, but they handle this situation very differently than the people in the mist. <laughs> they do. They really do. However, they do kind of start. I mean, they just have a lot more fun first uh, up. But then they do kind of do some of the similar things where they tie bit. somebody up on rope and have them go get supplies. Or they also send people to the next door building or house to go get supplies like in the mist. Yeah. When they have to go get food. And then they also kick somebody out of the house. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then they eventually have to leave. They eventually leave the house. So they, they kind of hit the same benchmarks, but just completely different way. They also have an exorcism, which I was going to say, not there's... have. I was going to say, there's religious stuff in here. There's a full-blown exorcism in this movie. There's, yeah, a lot of religious stuff. But it's funny because it's like the religious guys are kind of the bad guys in the mist of the bad chick and her crazy cult versus in this one. It's like, well, actually, if you're religious, then maybe you're okay. You're right. <laughs> you're right. And you're okay. Good to go. So it's very yeah. funny. So the the budget for this movie is, you know, about $32 million. And this this movie was a hit. Like it grossed over 120 million worldwide. Uh, no surprises there. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was a hit, and um, kind of surprised that the, that there wasn't a bad sequel to this movie. Because usually, when something's a hit, there's some sort of sequel. Even though the way this movie ends, how do how do you do a sequel? But I was like, eh, they could figure it out. <laughs> In heaven versus hell. Because I yeah. think there was actually like a cut scene that was going to be like a post credit or like maybe during like mid credit that was going to show Danny McBride and James Franco smoking weed with Hitler in <laughs> hell. And then they were like, mm, that might be a bit much. <laughs> so they like didn't do it. But I'm like, yeah, that would have that would have been hilarious. That could have been the sequel. But I feel like they, those guys don't do sequels to their movies that much. Well, that's a whole nice. part. That's a whole part of this movie. Is they're like, yeah. we should do more sequels to our yeah. movie because they don't do them ever. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, it's it's good that they didn't ruin it, but also like when they reenact Pineapple Express two in the trailer, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I would watch that shit. Yeah, and that's actually Seth Rogen said that was the actual plot he had in his head already because he had been thinking about a Pineapple Express sequel apparently <laughs> so he was like that was the plot was like Woody Harrelson getting weed legalized <laughs> and then they have to like assassinate him. And turn on red. <laughs> when when he was pitching it to James Franco, I was like, I really wish that we got this movie. Like this sounds like it's a really good great. movie. And then and then James Franco ruins it, and I'm like, oh, he, he James Franco would ruin it. Yeah. Did, that, how did he ruin that, it? I loved like, it. He's like, eh, then then I get eaten. The, no, I love the, it. it Danny so eats me. Like I, I, I don't I don't know, man. You like, don't think I, it was cute. <laughs> I think his humor in this movie is very cute, like very funny, like stoner. He just reminds like his character in Pineapple Express is like I just love him in that movie. He's so fucking funny and so like I don't know. It's like I, cute how much you love Seth Rogen in this movie <laughs> and the way that he's like a like I don't know. He's just oh, like, yeah. and I'll just I'll sacrifice myself for you. And he's like, why? And he's like, I don't know. Just I want to go nasty. Like, he'll just eat me, you know, whatever. And it's like, oh, comes all back around, doesn't it? Yeah, that's it's it's so cute. It's not creepy at all. No, it's how cute. It's, <laughs> I think it's funny. Well, Renee, uh, I don't know about you, but like I learned stuff in this from this movie that I didn't think I would. Like 
Did you know the human body is supposed to shit six times a day? No, no. That's something that you guys have always been trying to say since high school. It's like you and Jordan were always saying that. You guys got to take like six shits a day. That's how like you're healthy. Remember? And I was like, there's nothing. No, that means that there's something wrong if you're doing that. That's too much. That means like you're literally on the toilet like at least a quarter of your day. That is a long time. I just I love that opening bit where they're talking about gluten and the I cleanse. Know, like it's so good. <laughs> like if you're depressed and like life sucks, that's just the gluten. Yeah, he's like, you don't even know what gluten means. He's like, gluten. He's like, that's a gluten. Like everything's like, everything bad is a gluten. Carb, that's a gluten. Fat, Glute- that's a gluten. <laughs> gluten is a vague term. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And then like they go to Carl's Jr. immediately afterwards. He's just like Every bite is better than the next. <laughs> Gluten. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. The like opening is just great, and then when they get to the house and they like, he has all that like just a cornucopia of weed available and like video <laughs> games and stuff, and they literally start lighting up uh, the pipe at the four twenty mark of the movie. Oh, I just think is just marvelous. And if, if every time they smoke in this movie, I'm like, yeah, I should probably take a hit too. So it just it makes me want to. And I love that they do the fucking Gandalf impression with the pipe. That's like one of my favorite things I always think of when he's like, "Hello, young hobbit, spark my ganja." <laughs> I used to have a Gandalf pipe until I broke it at your house, actually, or your apartment, or a condo, oh. or something back in the day. It was like a July Fourth party. We were all well, outside. And I, th- I think you get. I think you bought me a Gandalf pipe, and I had that for a while. Oh yeah, you did. I did get you one because I had one, and then mine broke. <laughs> I was really disappointed, but those things are fucking cool. <laughs> but anyways, so, yeah. So what? One thing that I was really surprised by was that Judd Apatow. From what I saw, he's not involved with this movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But it has, like, everyone from from his movies. I feel like he might have been... Are you sure he wasn't a producer or anything? I, I, I swear, I looked up and down on IMDb, and I could not find his name anywhere. But there, it's really... Yeah, it was really weird. Because, yeah, it has all of his people in this. And with the sheer amount of actors in this movie, like, all of the cameos and, and everything, when I was watching it, I was like, this movie is the Judd Apatow Avengers. Like, yeah, it is. That's a great sheer... way to think about it. <laughs> it. Like, it has everyone. Like, it's just, I just am imagining the scene in Endgame where they're all coming through the portals, but like, it's just all of the Judd Apatow actors. <laughs> but let's talk about the cameos in this movie because it's insane. Oh, God. <laughs> there's too many that, like, I literally had to write them all down because I was like, there's just so many people in this movie that it's like, and it. I think we should talk about who our favorites are, like who are who who's the best cameo because it's going to be like really hard, I think, to like yeah. narrow this down. They're well, all great. Well, I, I I think I think we should talk talk about talk about some of them because like there's, there's too there's many some, to name. Yeah, I'm not going to name all of them. Well, well, there's some good ones that we can name. Like first off, there's a super bad reunion. You have yes. McLovin, Michael Sarah, Jonah Hill, and like Michael Sarah blows the coke in McLovin's face. Yeah. He's like, I've never done it before. He's like, oh, you did some good shit for your first time, baby. And he's like snorting it off of his mustache. Like, that's just, it's so good because it's like the opposite <laughs> dynamics of like what you would expect based on Superbad. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just so good. And Michael Sarah just is. Michael Sarah's incredible. He's incredible in this movie. He slaps Rihanna's ass. <laughs> Which and it, like, actually happened. Yeah, because it wasn't looking convincingly. And then she was like, I'll let you slap my ass if I can really slap your face. Yeah. <laughs> so they did it, which is fucking great. And I, I, I saw an interview with Seth Rogen saying he's like, we did no sound editing. Like that was the sound of her slapping him. It was like, yeah, she knocked the shit out of him. <laughs> She's like, because it's like he kept having to do it. It's like, is he doing this? Just doing more takes because he wants to keep touching my ass. Yeah. Maybe she just kept getting more mad. But I. I did read that Seth Rogen was saying that um, he knew that Michael Sarah was really like frustrated in Hollywood getting typecast as basically yeah. the same role as the super bad and every like, you know, every role he's ever played as like the shy nerdy kid. Yeah. So him. So Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who also directed this, they wrote this for him. Oh. And he was so thankful because he was like, wow, I can really do a lot of stuff that I don't normally get to do, which like. <laughs> Also in the bathroom when he has the Capri Sun yeah. and he's you got a girl sit? on his front and his back. Yeah. <laughs> like sippy time. And outside too, when he's like looking for his like, where's my phone? Who took my phone? And it's like the fucking apocalypse happening behind him. I kind of think that this movie set Michael Sarah up to be really great in Molly's game, because yeah. that's also a very not Michael Sarah kind of stereotype cat or performance and he's awesome in molly's I think this game movie yeah just really helped him like step out of that box that he was yeah. in because i feel like that's that's rough i know he's like yeah. honestly because he's so good at playing the shy awkward nerdy teen yeah or guy <laughs> so it was just great seeing him act like a total asshole <laughs> this whole fucking movie yeah. is so funny and like when danny mcbride's like michael sarah's dead i guess it's not a total loss <laughs> <laughs> michael sarah's dead and he's laughing i remember that was in the trailer and i was like damn that's harsh but then i saw the movie and i'm oh. like oh yeah yeah no actually in this world yeah michael sarah's dead would be a good thing <laughs> <laughs> well related to the rihanna scene um jason siegel he's uncredited in this movie he's in like two he's in like two shots him and yeah. kevin hart and then the rihanna <laughs> talking scene. about how i met your mother <laughs> yeah. he's like that's why hart, you're number one <laughs> and kevin hart is just insane like, so he's funny just, everything he's saying but jason siegel when he's talking to rihanna before michael starts i just love he's like so rihanna do you see a psychiatrist <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like what a random question <laughs> that he just like throws at her it's just perfection <laughs> oh man he's so good i wish he i wish he was like around longer because I, yeah. I really love him so much but another uh. another great one is uh speaking of jason siegel just because of i love you man but paul rudd he gets a very quick <laughs> Quick what intro. the fuck <laughs> he's literally like showing up at the party with a giant bottle of wine like as the fucking apocalypse and the sinkholes opening up and then he, when he runs away and he steps on that chick's head he's like i'm sorry and literally i just noticed this re-watching it the other day that fucking when he does that and it shows like seth rogan and james franco watching him James Franco goes, no, Karen. <laughs> like, he knows who that is. <laughs> I just never picked up on that. It was so good. And then like Aziz Ansari too is great. And uh, uh, yeah, he's funny. they're like, when he's like hanging in the, the sinkhole thing and he's trying to get out. And they're like, he's like, help me to Craig Robinson. And he's like, fuck you, Aziz. You're already in the hole. <laughs> that line so much um and then also i think it's david crumholtz who i always think of in this movie when he's he's the guy who's like hanging off the edge of the thing 
with Jay, and he's like, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna help give you. you my whole weight. Yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm gonna swing you up, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna give you my full weight. You're gonna take my full weight, and like they say it eight yeah. times, and then when he goes to you, grab him, are you sure you can handle it? You could take my full weight. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I got you, and then he like reaches for him and doesn't even like grab him. So good. Um, there's also uh, at the party Mindy Kaling talking oh, yeah. about how she has to fuck Michael Sarah that night. Yeah. He's like really skinny and pale and like was on the like 100, 110 pounds probably is a huge dick yeah <laughs> poked out of his mind if i don't hit that i'm gonna kill myself <laughs> i was like i love that it was it was a random little thing but i laughed at it a lot was when rihanna fell in the hole and then just one person was like rihanna <laughs> yeah i know it's perfect so good and then emma watson too is oh, great yeah. She's so good. She's so <laughs> just per- perfect. And it's funny because her part was actually written for Mila Kunis mm. originally, but she had scheduling issues, so she couldn't oh, do it. Oh, gotcha. But I was like, it kind of works out because like, then we wouldn't have had the line of like, Hermione just stole all our shit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but when like her and Craig Robinson are first like at the party talking to Jay and they, they're like, like, she's like, oh, you, you don't like like Forrest Gump they're like oh yeah, yeah he's a hipster because his pants are tight and he hates everything and they're like you like you don't like Forrest Gump and he's like oh horrendous piece of shit and she's like, life is like a box of chocolates no <laughs> she's so cute you never know what you're gonna get so good but then yeah when she shows up later and they after they've been living in the house and I love that whole part and then the, the rape scene not where yeah. they rape her but where they all talk about how they need to not rape her. Yeah. It's like giving off a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> what vibe? Exactly. There's six guys and one girl's like, yeah, she, she must be feel really safe. It's like Jay's like, we should bring up the big elephant in the room. And they're like, hey, whoa, Craig's right here. <laughs> He's like, that's fucked up, man. I'm right here. <laughs> just like all the little things that you don't notice every time. But like, there's just literally so much gold in this movie. It's like insane. <laughs> There's there's so many just good one liners. Like mm-hmm. speaking of Craig Robinson, like when they're smoking weed at the beginning of the movie, he's like, let's go hang out at James James Franco's house. He's like, I don't like any of those guys. Like, yeah, you do. And he starts naming off people. And he's like, you know, Craig, Craig Robinson, dude sweats a lot, but he's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that because I'm like, oh, he probably sweated all over the place. He's always sweating. He always has the sweat towel, but I love it because doesn't it say take your panties off yeah, as take well? Take your panties off. That's like a great fucking just that whole song and the way that they sing it. Who's your favorite? I think Michael yeah. Sarah wins. I think so too because, well, okay, so we didn't talk about the biggest one actually. This is the one that I think only this might give him actual competition is Channing Tatum, which we yes. did not talk about yes. because, wow. So they, they mentioned early on, I think, when they like first show up to the party, they like Seth Rogen mentions that Channing Tatum lives on this street. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, I wonder if he'll be there, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then later on, after they kick Danny McBride out and then they <laughs> run into him later and he's like running the cannibal gang, which like yeah. has it been like a couple of days only? Like, how is he doing yeah. this? I love it. And he has Channing Tatum as like a gimp like- on a fucking leash <laughs> that's like trying to hump his leg and shit. Yeah. And he's like, just <laughs> so good. So funny. <laughs> hey guys, you good? <laughs> yeah. It's like, what it's the like, fuck? 
<laughs> so good. I they like emailed him. This was before like Twenty One Jump Street, so they didn't know him. And they were like, "We had this idea to have you in this movie as a cameo. Here's what the scene is. Would you be interested?" And he wrote back immediately and said, "I'm in." In yeah. all caps. And they're just like, "Yeah, okay, cool." And then thank God for that because then we got Twenty One Jump Street. I yeah. I don't remember the second one as much, but the first one is just great. So good. It's- Channing Tatum's hilarious. Yeah, he's he's funny. And also like he has two lines in this in this whole like thing. And it's just, hey guys, you good? And then I love him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so good. It's so fucking good. I don't know, like that's what I'm saying. It's it's just perfect. It's so outrageous. Same with Michael Sarah. I'll give Michael Sarah the the win. But we could say runner up, definitely Channing Tatum, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's they're both just right there. They're also both like super surprising exactly. in, in their performances. In, in, I think in the third spot, I would have Jason Siegel's like one line and then Paul Rudd's just running down the street. Yeah. What the, like, it's just so funny. Paul Rudd just is always good. And I love it. It's like he probably just had time for that one scene, but it's like perfect. <laughs> it works out so well. I just I I'm obsessed. I love it. Everybody just brings their A game. And speaking of A game, I want to talk about Jonah Hill. I think this is my favorite Jonah Hill performance. <laughs> like it's just he just is playing <laughs> like a very like fake nice asshole <laughs> and he's so good. And like it's this was not long after Moneyball, right? I think so, yeah. So he was like a drum he was now like becoming a dramatic actor oh it was yeah right at that point so that it, all the jokes about it are just yeah. so perfect <laughs> <laughs> like like right after everything explodes and everything he's like he's like who's the first people that they're gonna save actors they're gonna save all the best actors like meryl streep brad pitt me then you guys like yeah. they'll if come back room, for you. Says, <laughs> you guys if there's room but it's like it's so good and the earring that he wears the whole yeah. time is so awful. I love it though cuz he's like like when they're like when they first uh say hi to him at the party and he's like, "Oh, what have you guys been doing?" We're like smoke like a pound of weed and ate some like greasy hamburgers. He's like, "Oh, weed is tight. Weed is tight." <laughs> I'm just like, "God. I've like talked to those people. They're the fucking worst." <laughs> weed is like tight. weed is tight. Weed is tight. Sick reference, man. Yeah, sick reference. Just everything about him is so good. <laughs> Your references are out of control. <laughs> it's just so good. He's great in this movie. I would say he's almost my favorite. I don't know. I can't can't tell who's my favorite in the house between him and Danny McBride in this movie because I think Dan- this is my favorite Danny McBride performance of all time as himself. It's so fucking funny everything he does. Well, I think Danny I think Danny McBride plays himself in everything, but he's amazing in But this. the thing is in real life he is nothing like that at all. Like he has a family and he's like a very normal like calm guy. He doesn't party all the time. Like he's not a total asshole. Like it's funny this is just what people assume that he is because of the characters that he plays that he's just this dirty fucking weirdo like asshole guy but he's fucking hilarious oh he's so he he's just like he's the roast master of, of this movie oh, he's just God, like is yeah. roasting everyone like well yeah and then they but they all just like play off each other so well too it's like like so i read that jonah hill is the one that improved the can i have that milky way 
like that line. And then yeah. that is like one of my favorite sequences where they argue back and forth about the Milky Way. Milky Way. Craig Robinson's like, I'm going to be mad if I don't at least get a bite of the Milky Way. And like James Franco's like, it's my special Milky Way. I went out deliberately today to the store to buy it to eat after my party. And they're like, that's weird. And he's like, no, it's my little treat. And I love it. <laughs> it's so good. And then Jonah's like, if I don't, if I don't have a bite of that Milky Way, my blood sugar is going to get real low and I'm going to be a nightmare. And so I don't want to have an LBS episode. <laughs> I know, like, it's so good. It's like every time he talks and says something too, it's like he's like, I don't mean to be a diva, but like, <laughs> and then everything he says is just like totally like a fucking diva. Everything. I, I love how he talks about Jay and like coddles him the whole movie. He's like, don't bully Jay. He's a sweetheart. He can't take it. He's not as strong as us. <laughs> and then when Jay's like, at one point, he's like, throw me a knife when they're like trying to cut the rope because that thing's trying to pull Craig Robinson out of the house. And he's like, throw me a knife. And fucking Jonah Hill like throws him a fucking knife and it like goes into his leg. And he's like, what the fuck? And he's like, oh God, I'm so sorry. But <laughs> Jesus, throw me a knife. <laughs> It's God. just like that. So this movie was like 85% improv, which is insane to me that yeah. it's so fucking good because that's like, like, I, I think I uh, noted it because I was like, compared to um, if you compare it to like, you know, super bad or pineapple express, like super bad was only 5% improv. 95% of that was the script, oh. which is crazy. And then pineapple express was about like 50, 50, but yeah, this movie, 85% improv. So they just had like a general outline, basically, and maybe like certain things that they wanted to say. But like a lot of that stuff is just those guys were going on each other. Well, wasn't there wasn't there something with like the studio for this movie? Like they said that they wanted to play themselves and the studio was like, no way you you can't. Play I think yourself. so. You have yeah. to you have to be you have to be characters. And they're like. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll write a script with characters, but then they just lied to the studio and then filmed the whole thing. So like maybe they didn't have a script because they're like, we'd have to give it to the studio. Exactly. So yeah. Probably. And it's like, I mean, they technically were playing characters. It's like the versions of themselves yeah. that people think that they are. But it's just like, I mean, let's hope so, at least for Jonah Hill's sake, if he's really like that much of a little shit. But I think we would have heard it by now. He's great. Yeah. All of them are just so fucking funny. I don't know how they do it. Like, I would laugh through every scene in this movie. Like, especially, like, the masturbation scene. I think that's my favorite. <laughs> One of my favorite Jonah Hill <laughs> lines is when he has the the gun, James Franco's gun. And he's just like, bang, bang. Oh, the gun thing, yeah. Bang, bang. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I'm so Oh, I'm going to end it. He like puts the gun in his mouth. And they're like, stop. Because they're like throwing the gun around like no big deal. And they're all freaking out. Like that whole part where they go through all the supplies is just oh, wonderful. Oh, yeah. But I love after the bang bang part, Jonah Hill is like, guys, calm down. Just because a bunch of people fell into a hole outside doesn't mean we can't have a little fun. Like, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> but he's so good yeah the the supply the supply read off is just like 
It's it's so good. We got 12 bottles of water, 56 beers, two vodkas, four whiskey, six bottles of wine, tequila, Nutella, cheese, steaks, a Milky Way, half ounce sour diesel, three and a half grams Grandmaster Kush, one ounce of shrooms, 15 pills of ecstasy, a porno mag, a baseball bat, and the video camera from the movie 27 Hours. 127 hours. Uh... 127 hours and a functioning revolver from the movie Flyboys. Uh, when Seth Rogen's like, and then we have the camera from 27, 27. hours. And so James Franco's like, it's 127 hours. He's like, did you, you saw the movie, right? <laughs> he's like so offended. Like, you didn't see it, Seth? Because he's like, the first thing he says when they get to the house is like, he's like, look at this, Seth. It's like a picture on the wall of like Seth Rogen's name and James Franco. <laughs> just like okay but yeah that whole part is just great i think of i love how all the supplies that they have is like there's so many drugs yeah that would at least make it i would be very happy being (laughs) in this house for sure um i think this movie also has like one of the best (laughs) uses of like the confessional camera kind of method (laughs) just like everything every one of those is so funny (laughs) i the only one i can't handle is when fucking seth rogan (laughs) pees into his own mouth that is so disgusting i'm like dude he in a fucking cup you nasty shit he's so gross i love it i love that he always does disgusting shit like that like his fucking cameo on season three of the boys Mm. Where he was like circums a lot and he's like, just <laughs> yeah. fucking jerking it. I'm like, I love how comfortable he is doing this shit. However, I still that scene gets me when I see it. I can't <laughs> watch the pee in the mouth. I mean, it's better that Craig Robinson does that right before, but he has it in a martini glass. It's much better. He's like, it ain't bad. It ain't, it ain't bad. <laughs> it ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, when I. Th- one of my fa- my favorite might be right after Jonah Hill gets raped by the demon. <laughs> he's just like he's just staring at the camera, and he's <laughs> so something not so chill happened last night. <laughs> that scene was like I remember seeing that and in the theater and be like, "Holy fucking shit!" And that the, giant dick on that the, thing. There's some serious demon wood being thrown around in this. There's in a lot this. of dicks, which is like, you know, I like it. I mean, these guys aren't wearing any. These demon things aren't wearing pants. So, like, where are they going to put it all, obviously? But true. I love that. Yeah, the dicks are just, like, very prominent. And also, like, the dick sculpture that he has. And then, like, Craig Robinson's, like, trying to move it all awkwardly. And then he finally gets it. He goes, yeah, got that dick. And then he's, like, fucking, like, like sliding it all over the ground really funny. He's like, yeah, got I'm taking it. I'm bringing it over here. It's just like, <laughs> just great. These guys are so fucking funny. I could just like watch them do this all day. Like literally <laughs> everything that they say, everything about it, the stuck in one location. It's still like every scene is just a banger, even though it's like mostly just set in a house. Oh yeah. Oh, and I, I also have to throw out this line. I think it might be my favorite line in the whole movie. So after the after everything happens, Seth Rogen and Jay are. They're they're sleeping in between the couches together and they're talking. And he's like, I'm like a lone wolf, like DMX. And then Seth Rogen's like, DMX isn't a lone wolf. DMX had the Rough Rider crew. You can't stop, drop, open up shop alone. Like- <laughs> <laughs> that scene is great because he's also like, like what he's like, what what happened? He's like, you think like he's like. Like the 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 Terminator, like Skynet. Skynet went live. Is that what stop you think? saying Skynet? Yeah, just stop it. 
And then when Jonah Hill like curls up in between them and he's like, like, how do we want to lay? And then he's like, should I scarface you guys? And he like has his arms over him. And they're like, oh yeah, I like it. That whole there's just I literally like just rewatching this movie. I'm like, I forget how much of these quotes I say on a regular basis. Like, uh, like that fucker's guts to goo. Guts, guts to goo. goo. <laughs> that whole part, the way that he says it is so good. And then me and Nolan also always say to each other, we go, that's what I thought. Nerd, <laughs> like the way that Danny McBride says to him after he puts the gun in his mouth, like "Come on, kill me!" and then he doesn't. He's like, "That's what I thought." Nerd, it's like so good. I gotta have Nolan record this for you because he does like the best version of it. He's really good at like doing like these weird quotes from movies. But uh we also, I, I always am obsessed with the line when he says, "James Franco didn't suck any dick last night." Now I know y'all are tripping. <laughs> <laughs> so good oh, and he or, even says like Craig Rock he's like oh Craig you probably got all sweaty and danced or danced <laughs> sweat everywhere and I'm like I just love that everyone's like everyone has to mention at least once that he's a fucking sweaty guy yeah. <laughs> or Craig Craig Robinson's lines like you couldn't handle my midriff yep I have that too <laughs> like you couldn't have handle my midriff and then also the like every scene from the masturbation scene <laughs> They're too much like you're jerking your dick like a fucking pilgrim. And then he's like, I've been drop, I've been coming so much, I've been dropping loads all over this place. All over this house. And he's like, when Danny McBride says, when sorry, when James Franco says he's like, Oh, I'm gonna come on you. And Danny McBride goes, Oh, I fucking wish you'd come all over me. And it's just like, how did they not fucking laugh? I don't know. It's like everything Danny McBride says in that scene is so fucking funny. I have a it's particularly so explosive ejaculate. It just goes everywhere. <laughs> like, it's like, well, you didn't raise any brothers. They didn't tell you about a sock. And he's like, no, it's where's the sisters? Well, I'm sure they didn't like fucking teach you to just close your eyes and come wherever you want. <laughs> just come all over the place. It's just so good. I just, uh, it, this That's... movie is like, makes the apocalypse look fun. This is the maybe the one apocalypse scenario that I wouldn't kill myself instantly. Because if I was oh. like, set up yeah. with all this shit at, at a really rich house that's like a fucking fortress yeah i think i'd be okay well then you know if if it's just you one woman and six men like you're in a very safe situation oh, yeah, okay, yeah i mean i'd need like yeah maybe a couple more girls but honestly like yeah if it's i might be sketched out danny mcbride probably they're always like oh danny's the one we gotta watch out for he's got rapey vibe all over him also <laughs> such a great decision to bring Danny McBride into the story and have no clue what's going like had, had just no awareness that anything so happened. Didn't show <laughs> him at the party and like yeah, he was he's passed like, out in the bathtub. But he he was apparently at the party they had shot some stuff and he does say like later in the movie that like he's like you know I just want to apologize for my behavior at the party. But so he must have just been a jerk and then passed out in the tub or something. Yeah. But yeah, that whole scene of him waking up and it's like he doesn't know that the apocalypse happened, but he sees the bottled water and he washes his feet and his hair like in the <laughs> sink like a fucking homeless person. And I was just like, what? Like, why wouldn't you just go to the show? I mean, he's in the bathtub when he wakes up. And it's just yeah. so random. Like, he's like, oh, perfect. All this bottled water. And then when they're like, spit out all the food. And like, he's like, no. And like spits all that bacon at them. It's just so good. He's so... He's my uh, favorite in this movie, I've decided. Like, they are all great, but I do think, like, Danny McBride just fucking rocks <laughs> the shit out of everything. He's talking about motorboating his mom's titties when he was a kid. When he was like, I wouldn't just suck, you know, suck on the titties. I'd motorboat and slap them around and shit. I was just always trying to party. 
god, this movie. I know. And, I could just laugh all day watching and, it again. I mean, you know, then once they leave the house, like the movie wraps up pretty quickly. Um, there's still some funny stuff that happens. I I was really surprised with the the CGI. Like the monsters actually looked really good. Yeah, they were like really creepy, actually. Like very like weird, disturbing. Like like the thing in the house next door freaked yeah. me out because I feel like I was just talking to Nolan about this and we we're like, I feel like that was like in a kid's movie, like that creature, like maybe it's Ghostbusters from back in the day, too. It kind of looked like that thing uh, yeah, that like chases bit. the guy. And I'm just like, <laughs> it looked like a like a like a creature that I've seen in like movies when I was a kid that freaked me out. So that part was just plus you're like stuck in the house. You're in a yeah. hallway. I was like, yeah, when he go, when they go to that house in the first place yeah. and Jay goes, hello, and Craig Robinson's like, shut the fuck up. What are you doing? And I was just like, yeah, for real. Why do people always do that in fucking horror movies or a horrible situation? I'm going into an empty place. Hello. Is anyone there? I'm here. If anyone wants to kill me, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was so glad that he said that. Oh, man. Yeah. But the, the, the creatures the... are really actually scary, which is impressive. Yeah. And um it was a nice little cherry on top because like when the when satan comes up and all that stuff's happening it's just like they're just trying to get to the end and i was not expecting the the last little like joke of when seth rogan sacrifices himself and then the beam comes down and it, it was they played the i will always love you i was just like oh my god so good it was like out of nowhere and i was like this is the perfect song right now i just started like, laughing been, it, yeah it was like quiet <laughs> then all of a sudden it's like that just like takes over and it's like oh my god i love it and then yeah when when he's like falling into the the i think it's supposed to be satan right that's supposed yeah to be satan so he falls into like Satan's mouth, but then the God beam like shoots through Satan. I feel like God did that on person. Or yeah. God did that was like on purpose. Like I'm gonna wait until the right moment so I can chop that fucker's dick off. Yeah. Like, dude, <laughs> that guy's gonna be pissed because it shows it. It's pretty great. I love it. I love a good dick decapitation. I'm kidding. That's not something fun to watch. Then he picks it up and he's just like, ah. Yeah, which is what you would do in that scenario, I yeah. imagine, besides like freaking out. Um, and he's maybe he's Satan. He's magical, right? He could probably reattach it. But <laughs> that was like, yeah, I've never seen anybody do that in a movie where their dick gets chopped off. They never <laughs> yeah. usually pick it up and hold it like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, oh, I'll you get got, you next time. That was good. That was you good. got me again, God. <laughs> yeah. It's like, God, man, that I, I actually like felt like I was like, I kind of love like that god did that that was pretty fucking cool that was hilarious <laughs> and i feel like this is like the version of heaven that i would want to go to if it was real like i would want to go to a place where i could be like i want to smoke weed right now and listen to the backstreet boys and <laughs> it happens instantly <laughs> what what a random ending <laughs> like, well it's great because they listen to the backstreet they play yeah. the backstreet boys song at the beginning and i was like oh yeah fuck yeah like that song just like especially i feel like for us millennials we just are like that just brings us right the fuck back and it's that's so good and so then for it to actually come back around was pretty spectacular same with like the eating when james was like danny fucking eats me and then the like, cannibals eat yeah. him at the end. i was like you know i was not expecting this movie to like <laughs> plant breadcrumbs in the beginning yeah. that would like actually come back around <laughs> it's pretty fascinating that they did that yeah it's this movie is so weird that it it's kind of like how on earth do you end it like how do you end it in a way that 
makes sense. And they're just like, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to end it in a fun way. Like, <laughs> yeah. The earth the earth is destroyed, but we're in heaven. So like, that's cool. Let's party. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like they all die, but it's like pretty good ending. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's like in these scenarios, it's basically either everyone dies or pe some people live and some people die, but either way, usually an apocalyptic scenario. I feel like these movies don't really end on a happy note. Typically like, like the mist, like the mist, as I say, <laughs> but like the mist is also like, Okay, yes, sure, like it's not a good ending for the main guy, but also like everybody else, you know, they're all they're all okay. Yeah. I, I do I do need like some explanation as to how that mom fucking survived that whole movie when they show her on the car at the end with her kids. Do you remember that? The one who's like in the store at the beginning, like, hey, can you guys walk me? Can someone walk me home? My kids, I need to get back to my kids. She's oh. like fucking on the car that passes him at the end with her kids. And I'm like, <laughs> All right, I'm going to need to see how she fucking did that because nobody else made it anywhere out of this store. How the fuck did she do that? Right? It, maybe. I, I, I guess mean, I didn't really notice that. I mean, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So, like, there's either, like, a, two ways that you can really do it with an apocalyptic movie. And I feel like most of them, there's just really no happy ending in sight until yeah. this one really just made me feel good at the end. Yeah. You know, I and mean, I was like, I was kind of bummed about James Franco, but then I was like, ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> I feel like he wasn't being set up as a good guy throughout yeah. the movie anyway. Um, but I just, I was like, you know, it was just funny. I enjoyed uh, the whole thing. It, it was, it was a fun time for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I think like if we talk like I, this is like a duo for watching, it's just great back to back mm -hmm. or just in general individually. But I have to say, after The Mist, you kind of need to pick me up after yep, that. Yeah, for, for sure. It's a really wonderful movie, but it's like, man, got you thinking, like, what would I do? Would I kill my own kids? And those are just some dark thoughts to have. So <laughs> I think that this movie really just helps you take a load off and be like, oh, yeah, actually, the apocalypse kind of sounds fun. <laughs> Which is Good amazing time. that I've ever said that, because I, I feel like 99.9 .9 of apocalypse scenarios, I'm going to kill myself. But this would be that 1% where I think... <laughs> I could maybe hang out. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the regular exclusive podcast. I hope you had a great time watching The Mist and This Is The End and hearing us rant about it and talk about it. It was it was a lot, but it was a lot of fun. Good double feature, weirdly. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, next week, we're going to throw it back a little bit and watch... Um, a movie that I know for me personally, I've watched so many times, um, but it's a little relevant right now because we've had some uh, some fashion news lately. We're going to watch Zoolander. Hell yeah. Ben Stiller classic, Owen Wilson. It's got, it's got so much Will to it. Will Just too many good people in this movie. And I have honestly not seen it in a long time. Uh, it's, so I'm, it's, I'm very excited. It's going to be perfect. I'm so excited to watch this movie again. It's, it's honestly been too long. Yeah, I'm prepping my blue steel look now. <laughs> well, uh, I know that it's available for streaming as of right now on Paramount Plus. So if you have that, give it a watch or, you know, it's honestly a great movie. So you should maybe just buy it. Who knows? Um, That's probably what I'm going to do, honestly. <laughs> well, until then, um, thank you all for listening and uh, do all the social media stuff. You know, follow us on the Twitter, on the Instagram. Uh, I'm sure there's... Yeah, I'm sure there's some other ones. Let us know Re what you think. Like and subscribe, rate and review, do all the social media stuff. 
And if if there's anything you guys want us to to do or tell us what you think, you know, let us know. We'd be curious if you guys have any recommendations. Oh yeah, we love recommendations. That's literally why we started this fucking podcast. So <laughs> let us know your thoughts, guys. Like, let's start some discourse. I don't know. Hell yeah. Well, and, and, and until <laughs> next week, regular exclusive out. Later.